Well, there have been a lot of great headlines over the years. Some of them flashy, some of them controversial, most of them just right to the point. But Saturday, the best headline of all time was published when Parker Thune put on OUinsider.com, Jeff Lebby gets booty. (laughs) The same day the man got his master's degree from OU, he also typed out the headline, Jeff Lebby gets booty. Again, some of us get real jobs once we graduate from college with a master's. Some of us oh go to the internet God. and make booty jokes. I was laughing uh, for about 20 consecutive minutes, and I even <laughs> texted you. I was like, no, you didn't. And you were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. But it's not wrong. Jeff Levy does get booty. He he did this weekend. He got booty. Um, so we've been throwing out the jokes now for three or four days. I am interested, how did they convince booty to go to OU instead of being pretty much an, an immediate starter at a school like New Mexico because this quarterback room now is all of a sudden after a week Parker it's it's pretty crowded now we got seven guys in that in that room now. I know you went from oh boy all hell breaks loose if Dylan Gabriel gets hurt to well gosh who is going to come in if Dylan Gabriel gets hurt because it could be one of like six guys <laughs> but no I mean the simple answer as to how they convinced General Booty to stick around in Norman was they gave him a scholarship. So you have four scholarship quarterbacks now on this roster between Gabriel, Booty, Bevel, and Nick Evers. So I am curious, Tyler, to see how this depth chart shakes out heading into the first game of the new season against UTEP on September 3rd because you're going to have some really good competition, not just this year but next year as well, between Evers, Davis Bevel, and and General Booty for QB2 this year and potentially QB1 next year, assuming Dylan Gabriel uh, decides to make the trek to the NFL. I was was a little bit disappointed, I won't lie to you. I was a little disappointed when I saw his measurables, 6'3", 195. I was hoping he'd be a little bit thicker. I th- I hope that we would be talking about more C's <laughs> in the thick. I six three one ninety five is that even is that even two C's in thick? I was hoping this would be a three or a four C thick situation. Well, talking about you, general you, booty. You know who's you know who's going to get the booty thicker is Jer- <laughs> Jerry Schmidt. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you can count on two extra C's with Smitty. I'd love that so much. That's great. I I really can't wait, and maybe it'll happen tomorrow in Houston. By the way. I can't wait for the first time Brent Venable says General Booty's name in a public setting <laughs> because he is all serious and he wants to throw out things like soft hands don't wear championship rings and everything else. I'm wondering if old Brent's going to be able to keep his composure and not laugh when he says the name General Booty in front of everyone. <laughs> My guess is even old BV is probably going to at least chuckle a little bit the first time he says it out loud. You know, Tyler, I... I got around to watching General Booty's tape from his year at Tyler Junior College because I'd seen his high school tape, right? It was, it was impressive enough. It was pretty decent. I got around to watching his Juco tape, man. That guy can ball a little yeah, bit. Like, sure. <laughs> like he, he's not General Booty on the football field. Wow, oh my gosh. He was waiting to throw out that pun all day long. Unbelievable. No, legit, though. Like, he led junior I, I, college in passing I, last year. I, I think there's a decent chance he could be number two on the depth chart this fall. Well, I, I do. It, 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 like to try to make this conversation serious. I don't know how we're going to do that at all today. But 
we thought that they wanted to go out and just get one backup quarterback. And they did that with Davis Bevel. We talk about it all the time. He was a backup for a Peach Bowl. He came in and played really well in that game. It's like as much as you can ask for during this cycle. Yep. So, like, what what circumstances led to them taking two quarterbacks instead of just one? Because I, I, I never thought that they would have realistically taken two quarterbacks during this time throughout the transfer portal. I thought it was just going to be one quarterback, one receiver, and you're good. Well, I think the reality, Tyler, is that if General Booty had played another year at Juco Ball, he probably would have blown up and had quite a few higher-end oh B5 offers. I, I can't say anything that doesn't, be, <laughs> that doesn't become a pun now, can I? <laughs> but if he'd gone to New Mexico – which is what he was probably going to do uh, per the conversation that we had if Oklahoma hadn't extended the scholarship offer, then, you know, that's he, he would have been back in the transfer portal after a year or two, and Oklahoma probably would have been, the, been in the mix to bring him in at that point. So th- there's familiarity there given that uh, he was a denizen of Allen High School. And if you, if you bring in a guy like that that is willing to compete – and has never really been handed anything and has never been the guy one place for very long because he played for three different high schools at the prep level, that's exactly the type of guy you want in your quarterback room because he's a guy that long-term has legit potential to start for your institution, but he's not going to feel the need to rush it along. Yeah. Yeah. He can redshirt in 2022. He can enter the 2023 season with three years of eligibility remaining. And he can be in competition with Davis Bevel and Nick Evers and Jackson Arnold to be your starter. Uh, Air Cover Solutions text line. Kendall says, Jeff Levy made a booty call. Yes, he did. Big Bad Wolf says, my guess was the jokes here in Oklahoma was lighthearted and friendly, while they're in New Mexico, probably not. I'll go with that. They're mean in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The jokes were mean, and here they're lighthearted and funny. That's why he That's why he picked OU. Brilliant point here. BV is playing chess, not checkers. When we're up 56-0 on UTEP, nobody's leaving early. They're all sticking around to yell, we want booty. Exactly. Can't wait for Toby's booty call on the radio. That's going to be great. Um, can you talk about getting booty, Coach? Yeah, someone <laughs> at the Houston Caravan needs to ask that tomorrow. Um, for anyone that asks that question tomorrow, and if it is recorded, and if it is like I-, I can see that it's legit, I will send you a ref prize package. That goes for the Houston Caravan. That goes for the Wichita Caravan. That goes for the Dallas and the Oklahoma City Caravan. If you ask Brent Venables about General Booty, I will send you a uh, prize pack. And you have to phrase it exactly like that. Can you talk about getting booty, Coach? <laughs> what do you think What do you think he would do when asked that question? What? Sorry? Huh? What? Sorry? Huh? Huh? You mean, you mean General Booty? Oh, gosh, it's going to be so amazing and so awkward if that happens tomorrow. But, hey, all jokes aside, it's a good get. Good get this weekend, and I think you feel more at ease now after getting two quarterbacks via the portal. I mean, again, this is not the most ideal time to have to add depth to your roster unless, you know, a guy like Jordan Addison is available and USC tampers with him, then you can get a guy like that uh, during this time. But I, I feel like the majority of the really good players that enter in the portal are in the months of December and January. So you got the JUCO leader in passing yards and another guy that played in a New Year's Six Bowl game. 
I don't know how you're not thrilled with what OU was able to add via the portal along with the good wide receiver. And look, the reality is, behind the scenes, OU was able to finagle the numbers such that they had an extra spot for somebody from the junior college ranks. And so as you look across this roster, the Sooners have been able to shore up their numbers at virtually every single position. Really, the only area of weakness for this team, if there is one, is probably kicker. And that's only because you don't know what you're going to get between Zach Schmidt and Gavin Marshall. So it just makes sense to add another quarterback to the fold because you want to have contingency plans for your contingency plans in an ideal world. And there were no more glaring needs across the rest of this roster. And there are going to be people that get on the text line and say, well, they're shorthanded at wide receiver. No, they're not I don't think they're shorthanded at wide receiver at, wide receiver at all. They have at nine all. scholarship receivers plus Gavin Freeman coming in. They are just fine at that position. Offensive line is not a concern to me. You're going to have five established, experienced starters. You got more secondary pieces than you know what to do with at this point, especially adding Gentry Williams and Jaden Rowe over the summer. Once all the or I when the crop of non early enrollee freshmen get to town on June fifth, that is your next line of defense. Basically, that is your next round of ammunition, and at that point, you don't really have any more holes to fill. So why not go get another quarterback yeah. if you got the numbers to do so? I am uh, I am still a little. I mean, whatever word you want to use, if it's concerned or worried. I, um, offensive line still is a position group for me where I, I, I kind of have to see it with this group. So that will continue to be a concern for me going into the offseason until I resolve. I mean, I, you make a fair point in terms of the number of able bodies that they've had that played a high level of college football. They definitely have that. I'm just interested to see if that's going to mesh and work well together. It Like offering my best guess, um, my best guess with the offensive line is that there is going to be a transition period early on in the season, but as the year goes on, this is a group that's going to get better and better and better and better. By the end of the year, will they be able to play at a high level in a college football playoff game? I don't know, but I do feel pretty good about this offensive line, maybe more than any other position on the team, getting gradually better as the season goes on. That I will put money on. But what will the product, uh, final product look like? We'll see, man, because I, I, I think they got a ways to go. I think the offensive line is going to be significantly better. I've said that for a while. I think that has a lot to do with the Jerry Schmidt effect. But I also think that has to do with the fact that there is so much experience at this point all along that line. Wanya Morris is a two-year starter. Anton Harrison is a two-year starter. Chris Murray and McCade Mattire are three-year starters. At the center position, you're either rolling with Andrew Rame, who went healthy, probably has the highest ceiling of any offensive lineman on the roster, not named Anton Harrison – or Robert Conjol, who himself has started in parts of four different seasons. So, I am not worried about that position group. In fact, I feel pretty good about it. The I, I think one of the things that's really going to help out the O-line this year is the tempo that this team is going to play at. I think that's yep. going to seriously help this offensive line. They're going to be playing, they're going to be used to that tempo, opposing defenses won't. I think especially early on in the year, that's when you're going to see this O-line be at its best is when they're going tempo, they got that D-line especially on their heels a little bit. Hard to pass rush consistently when you got an offense that's going to go as fast as OU goes. A little bit more difficult to go full speed every single rep. When do we start talking about the freshmen? 
that get to town in June. Do we wait? Do we wait till the first week of June to do that? Because they're moving in June fifth. Well, I, I mean, but, I, I'm willing to talk about a freshman right now that I've been. You know, we had those countless conversations. Which freshman are you most excited about going into the season? Uh-huh, of course. And you know, the kind of the game, Parker, is to pick someone a little bit under the radar that is is really going to pop. And I don't know if he's going to pop this year, but I think at some point he's going to be a really good player. I've always been about Jaden Rowe coming yep. out of Union. And what he won over the weekend, the Class A 600, or the, he won the uh, Class 6A 100, he ran a 1060, and he won the 200 as well. Uh, he ran a 2109 with that. So isn't he like 6'2", 6'3"? He is long. He is rangy. Apparently he's very fast as well. I see those numbers coming out of Jaden Rowe, and I'm saying, yeah, uh, me likes this quite a bit. A long, lean corner that can really run. Let's let's go, please. Yes, that man has a very high ceiling. And I don't think he plays corner for Oklahoma. I don't. I think he probably moves to that cheetah position because that just seems like the perfect fit for him. I mean, at 6'3", 220, sure, if you can play cornerback, there's always going to be – that certain percentage of the fan base that wants to see a guy of that physique at cornerback, just like there was that certain percentage of the fan base that always wanted to see Justin Harrington at cornerback. But when you have that combination of size and speed, ranginess, natural athleticism, especially in Brent Venable's defense, that sheet of position makes so much sense yeah. for Jane Rowe. I will be curious to see if he can crack this rotation in year one because I don't think that's off the table. They'll they'll find a If you're 6'3 and you can run, they'll find a spot for you. Um, it's, it's just like the Caleb Spencer. I mean, he was only a three-star. I say only a three-star like that's bad, but he was a three-star. I think Jaden Rowe was a three-star as well coming out of Union. They don't care, man. They got the measurables they're looking for. They got the size you're looking for. Both those guys fit that profile. They'll find a spot for you, whether it's Cheetah or someone else in the sec or somewhere else in the secondary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess I'll keep talking up our Mason Thomas because I'm excited to see what he can do. And I, I, I don't think he contributes very much in year one just because of existing depth uh, within the front seven at Oklahoma. But I see some Nick Benito and our Mason Thomas. I see some Eric Stryker in our Mason Thomas. So. A couple years down the road, or even maybe maybe one year down the road, maybe in 2023 as a redshirt freshman, you start to see that guy making plays once he gets the opportunity to get in Jerry Schmidt's weight room and bulk up a little bit. Text line, I'm very concerned about all the positions, especially if you're making a booty call. All right, I guess we're doing that today. <laughs> I guess we're doing that again. That's fine. Air Coverage Solutions text line. Get them all out. Come on. Let's hear them. 405-651-3439. I know you got the puns. I know you got the jokes. Come on. Uh, it's Monday. Let's, let, let's hear them. Air Coverage Solutions text line. It is locked in with McComas and Thune. More to come next on the Homeless Center Fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. So how do you want to approach each segment today? Everyone that texts in booty jokes over the break, just acknowledge them, Parker, and then we'll try to move on to something serious. Are you? Are you I think that's probably a fact. Hey, by the way, has the booty merch hit the ref store yet? Yeah, I, I'm working on that. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. I got a flight to Houston tomorrow. Probably my plans on the plane will be to draw up some booty merch. So Nice. The yeah. booty shorts? Is booty, that happening? I, booty shorts will be first. Uh, maybe some booty beanies. I, you know, I, I think the sky's the limit when we're talking about our opportunities here. You can never get enough booty, yes. 
Uh, 5-8-0, booty slips through the crack in the defense for a score. Yeah. Kyle and Broken Arrow, what all team activities are allowed in the summer? I've always been curious. And then someone sends us some wrestler that says, Oh, Lord, here comes the booty man. <laughs> I hope the O-line can create some big openings for booty. <laughs> Did booty commit on the day of a full moon? Uh, he must have. I think that was it. Uh, that should have been our sign. Jeff Levy pointed the full moon and says, Then there was there a lunar eclipse the next day. Uh, what team activities are allowed during the summer? Well, obviously workouts are, and they can do some seven-on-seven seven stuff too, correct? That but is correct. Nothing in terms of like full pads, tackling to the ground, or, or anything. No. So that's uh, that'll be what happens during the summer, and then obviously once fall camp starts and you get the pads back on, and uh, it's officially football time in Oklahoma once again. That'll come in August. Obviously, the Sooners open their season September 3rd against UTEP. Here's something that'll get all you uh, recruitniks excited. You know, I- I'm uh, reading a story today on 24-7 Sports recapping college football's, you know, biggest recruiting storylines. You know, they got something about Oregon in there. Well, Clemson's lost another commit. What does that mean? And then I, I guess this is a new feature to the website. They have the dude of the week. And the dude of the week is the guy that we've talked about quite a bit. P.J. Adebaware from North Kansas City High. Uh, Parker's seen him, I think, multiple times by now. Yep. He's got an older brother, P.J. does, that plays for Northwestern. And this guy just continues to climb and climb and climb up the rankings. He's listed as, you know, maybe a little bit raw, Parker, but his measurables and his freak athletic ability, you cannot deny. Um, and it still kind of feels like he's an OU lean at this point. Uh, very heavy OU lean, Tyler. And by the way, if there is a player right now that is outside the top 100 that could make a rise to five-star territory with an outstanding senior season, P.J. Adebare is that type of guy because his measurables are off the charts. Tyler, six foot five in the neighborhood of 240 pounds, just a prototypical edge body, and his wingspan is in excess of seven feet. So if you're talking about length – This dude has it. Now, he is fresh off an official visit to Northwestern this past weekend, which is obviously where his older brother goes, as you mentioned. Uh, And so he told me last night, uh, we talked on the phone for quite a bit, Uh, been fortunate to get real close with PJ. Awesome kid. Uh, No nonsense when it comes to the recruiting process. Uh, He knows what he wants, and he doesn't deviate from it. And it's Oklahoma. And. As of right now, I'm pretty confident it's Oklahoma. Yes, he will be on campus for the Champion Barbecue first weekend of June. And he told me, look, I'm working on booking official visits to Georgia and Iowa for later in the month of June, but I don't know if I'm going to make it around to those two. So you, you you can kind of connect the dots there yeah. as to what P.J. Adebare is feeling. Yeah. And when I, when I say he's a no-nonsense type of guy, here's what I'm talking about. He picked up offers from Texas A&M and Nebraska two, three weeks ago now. Never even planned a visit. From the get-go, it was just like, ah, I'm not interested. I've already built relationships at these other schools. I'm just not even going to bother to give A&M or Nebraska the time of day. Pretty much anybody else across the recruiting landscape, Tyler, if in May, right after the conclusion of their junior year, they pick up offers from Texas A&M and Nebraska – 
especially with the NIL values that those schools you at least are go promising, around. you at least go take a look. Oh, yeah. But PJ's not about it. He likes OU, likes Northwestern, likes Georgia, likes Iowa. Those are his four at this point in time. He's only going to take the four officials. And as of right now, OU is most certainly the leader in that recruitment. Well, this is a recruit that I'm sure uh, BV and staff enjoy recruiting right now if he's not all <laughs> into the nonsense and the NIO gain that comes along with that. And he he may be thought of right now as, as a little bit raw. I mean, a, a lot of high school kids are at this age, Parker. But if you want to turn, uh, if you want to turn that potential in, into something, this is a pretty good staff that can take advantage of that. Again, here's just another what they're doing right now, and they want guys that are good football players. Don't get me wrong, but Parker, it's like everyone that they're taking right now, especially on defense, athletic freak, man, athletic freak. Um, they're good at football, but they, it's like, all right, you have all the measurables, the athleticism. We'll turn you into something. Don't exactly. worry about that. Like exactly. they're not get necessarily going to take a chance on a five foot eight and a half corner something like that no they, they, they want dudes that are physically impressive and they're gonna get guys that are physically impressive look at their most recent commit Caleb Spencer six foot three 200 plus pounds can play defensive back can play linebacker but is just a hitter is a headhunter that's exactly the type of football player that Brent Venables is gonna stack his recruiting classes chock full with and PJ Adebarre fits that description to a T. He is a violent edge rusher, very raw, as you said. So as he continues to refine his technique, man, that plus what he has existing in terms of his physique and the measurables, he has the potential to be a high-end NFL football player if it all comes together. Former Clemson commits tied in Reed Mikeska. Is that how you say the last name? Mikeska. Mikeska. He said his visit this weekend was, quote, unbelievable. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Pretty telling. If you decommit from Clemson, want to visit OU. So here's just another player where OU's got to be in really good shape with heading into the summer. Yeah, I mean, I have a crystal ball in for Oklahoma, and I feel I feel good about that at this point in time. Florida and Miami are going to get visits from Mike Keska. He's toying with the idea of going up to Oregon. Not entirely sure whether that's going to happen or not, but the Sooners are in the driver's seat right now as, as long as they continue to maintain their current momentum. They're going to lock down Reed Mikeska, which will then enable them to go after a guy like Malachi Coleman or Marcus Dixon, a pass-catching tight end and you get a more blocking first guy in Mike Keska so in 2023 you get exactly what Jason Llewellyn and Caden Helms were as a tandem in the class of 2022 yeah I'm uh considering moving up the timeline up a little bit for commits oh well I mean I still think that there are some prospects that are going to wait until September October November maybe even on signing day to announce so I don't think it's necessarily going to be an avalanche where we're going to be sitting in July, Parker, and OU's going to have 13 guys committed or anything like I that. I think that's very realistic. Um, you, you think I, I'm starting to think with what you said on PJ, with what you said on um, on, on old Reed, that, that, that more commitments than I thought may be coming earlier on in the summer. I thought that there might be another big gap that was about to happen, but the more you hear, it's I, I think they're about to get some more commits. I here. think Oklahoma could be knocking on the doors of double-digit commits between the month of June and July alone, which would put them in that 13-15 commit neighborhood 
by the time fall camp rolls around in August. Which is a great omen. It would give you a whole lot of momentum, uh, recruiting momentum, I should say, going into the season. Well, but, and a lot of those guys, too, that they could very realistically have locked up by then are high-end football players. Sure. I mean, we are, topping, we are talking top national prospects. The likes of not just Adebare, but Caden Green, Derek LeBlanc, Peyton Kirkland, Phil Picciotti, Tyler. And I put a crystal ball in for Oklahoma in the recruitment of Phil Picciotti as well. Yeah, he dropped the top that. four on Friday. Pennsylvania kid, really good linebacker, did not have Penn State in his top four. Talked about that on Friday. OU's going up against, what, uh, Michigan, Auburn, and Nebraska for that one? That is correct. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that one. As you should. You should feel pretty good about that one. Uh, so you were saying that this summer general can get in some of that booty work. Yes. Yes, with uh, with with Schmitty, I, I'm sure that he'll be getting in some booty work. See, we try to go serious, and there's like five or six other booty jokes on the Air Conference Solutions text. This line is right how now. it's going to be. This is Which, the new normal. Tyler. I I don't hate it, uh, and I'm not telling you to stop sending them in. Not please interact. Please keep sending them in. Hey, nobody's going to have a better time with this than Teddy Lehman. I either. just I just thought that everyone would be tired of it by now, but no, <laughs> not at all, actually. And I'm hearing some different jokes than what I heard on Friday, which is nice and refreshing to hear. I know. There's some diversity in the humor on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, which I always appreciate. 405-651-3439 is the number to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More Cruton, more football on the other side. It is locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We are the Homeless Center fans. Elite Roofing Systems bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Elite Roofing Systems, they're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Let Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing put over three decades of experience to work for you. Oklahoma City, give them a call, 405-361-3094. Tulsa, 918-984-5475 or EliteRoofingOK.com. Elite Roofing Systems bringing you this hour of Locked In. All right, what do we got, text line? Uh, Just cracking jokes, no pun intended, throughout the entire break. (laughs) Uh, It's time to booty up, okay? Center, Rain, QB, Booty, yes. Kyle and Broken Arrow says Notre Dame can have Rudy. Oklahoma's got Booty. Yeah, are they going to make a movie about this, by the way? If something really special happens? Yeah, I mean, if he becomes an All-American, maybe. Clear skies, 87 degrees, and 100% <laughs> chance of Booty. So it's our favorite <laughs> forecast around here, man. It's our favorite forecast. Uh, hey, fellas, this is from the 918. Just for fun, what do you guys say our final rankings for the class of 2023 are going to be? OU finishes with the blanked ranked class in 2023. I will say they finished with the number six ranked class, just outside the top five. I will say, just to be different, okay. they finished with the seventh ranked class, just outside okay. the top six. Four to seven is and has been my range as to where Oklahoma will probably finish. I think a lot depends on... How things shake out with David Hicks, which because that dude is going to be, he may end up being the number one overall player in the country. He's going to be in that conversation regardless. He will certainly be a top 10 overall player in the country at the end of this cycle. So that is the type of player that can be a huge swing as far as your recruiting rankings at the end of the season. That's the guy that say you're sitting at number five. That's the guy that could elevate you to number three or drop you to number eight. Yeah, um, speaking of the number six or number seven clash, if you're right about that, I had it written down what Clemson's, uh, Clemson's four, or four classes 
going into that national championship season in 2016 look like. And number six would have been a pretty high-ranked class for Clemson during that time. They weren't throwing throwing out a whole lot of top five finishes in recruiting. Even when they had it going, Parker, it took Clemson winning a national championship and maybe even their second one to start to routinely turn out top five classes. So it's not like they had the number one, number two, number three class and they just lucked into a whole lot of talent. They had good recruiting classes, but they really had to work hard to develop that roster. They did, and it turned into two uh, national championships in 16 and 18. So, um, Brent Venables has proven that you don't necessarily have to have a top three class to win it all. I would just go ahead and encourage them to have a top three class. I think it would be yeah, easier. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, if you can win it all without a top three class, how much more frequently can you win it all with a top three class? Yeah, so like 2017, after their national championship, is that a good year to look at? They won the Natty in the 2016 season. Should I look at the 2017 season or the 2018 season to see really where their first big major bump was off a national championship season? Uh, Probably look at the class of 2018. Which, by the way, 2017, which they would have had a national championship appearance to sell, they were the number 16 overall class. Wow. How about that? Okay, so what about 2018? 2018, um, which that 2017 uh, class helped them win a national championship, by the way. Number seven. So right exactly kind of, well, right where I predicted and even lower than what you predicted. And I, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That is the difference between the Clemson brand and the Oklahoma brand. Because Clemson coming off a national championship – Sure, you're going to see that boon in terms of recruiting, but there's also going to be an air of hesitation about it all because, like, well, you know, Clemson, okay, they won a national championship, but it's not like they do this often. This is probably just a flash in the pan. They're going to regress to the mean. They needed that last-second touchdown to beat Alabama for the title, so... Who knows? Maybe I'll just slow play this and see what happens before I really start to sell myself on Clemson being a new blood in college football. With Oklahoma, if you win a national title at Oklahoma, Tyler, the narrative then becomes, oh boy, (laughs) the Sooners about to build something scary in Norman. Yeah. Because this is a team that already had seven national titles to its name as a program. Now... They just ascended to the zenith for the first time in over two decades. Now it's really about to get rolling. And I know that college football has changed dramatically over the past five years, Parker, but there's been multiple decades throughout the history of the sport where OU's been a top two, top three program. OU was a top three program in the 50s. OU was a top three program in the 70s. Won a couple national championships there. Got really close a a couple of other times. I think they were a top three program probably in the 80s with that 1985 title. And then when you're talking about the early to mid-2000s, they were a top three program. That's four decades, man, where you're a top three program. There's not very many schools out there that can say that over four decades in the sport since 1950 that – Yeah, they were one of the top three programs. So to your point is it's been proven when OU gets the ball rolling, man, really four times it's already been proven. Once the ball gets rolling, they turn into a pretty dominant force in this sport, man. So, yeah, you're you're dead on about that. And the level that they've been at throughout this championship drought 
is such a different level than the level that Clemson was at during their national championship drought between 1981 and 2016. Right, Clemson was not a perennially competitive football no, program over that over those three and a half decades. Pretty much every single year, with only a couple exceptions since 2000, Tyler, the Sooners have been either in the mix for a New Year's Six Bowl or in the mix for a national championship berth every single year. The Holiday Bowl in twenty or 2005, that was kind of a down year. Obviously, but 20- still won eight games and beat a really good Oregon team at yeah. the end of the season. 2009 was a down year, but you chalk that up to Sam Bradford's injury. 2014 was a down year. So, uh, look, three down years over the course of and those are eight wins, seasons, by the way. Those aren't and five those are and eight and nine win seasons. Yeah. That's that's a down year at the University of Oklahoma. Right, is eight wins. Um, I, I mean that is rock bottom for Oklahoma over the last quarter century. I is eight wins. I don't know how I feel about Clemson moving forward. I'm definitely not rooting against Dabo. I, if anything, I'm rooting for Dabo to, you know, to continue to succeed. I, I don't want him to, you know, roll off a whole bunch of national championships. I think that makes it a little bit more difficult on OU, but. Clemson's been a flash in the pan in the grand scheme of the history of the sports. Might this little five, six-year run that they were on be just a small flash in the pan as well? Or can Clemson come up with more longevity? I, I, I think that you know people have the narrative or, or the story a little bit wrong here. It's not Oklahoma that has to replace a lot on its coaching staff. They'll be just fine. I think they're better. Clemson's the school out there that I'm really worried. Um, from a development standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint, I think Clemson probably lost more than any staff in college football this offseason. I liken it to what Florida did in the latter half of the 2000s because Florida struck the jackpot for several years in terms of talent and elite coaching and the landscape of college football being conducive to their success, all concurrently – And that produced a national championship in 2008, produced a national championship in 2006. But then Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer did uh, Urban Meyer things. Teeps is out of here. He's a year after. I'm on. See ya. I forget. Was it Will Muschamp or Jim McElwain that came first? I think it was Jim McElwain and then Will Muschamp. Uh, I think it was was Muschamp because Muschamp was head coach in waiting at Texas and then he, yeah, yeah, it was Muschamp because he left on like the night that the Heisman Trophy was was given, I think the year Mark Ingram won it. Here's the advantage the that I think Clemson has, or rather what Clemson has that Florida didn't have. They still have stability in the aftermath of their proverbial jackpot. Because Dabo Sweeney is going to coach there as long as they want him there, or until the Alabama job opens up, whichever comes first. So... As long as Dabo Sweeney is the head coach at Clemson, I think that program is going to be successful, and I think they have the opportunity to compete for national titles in years to come. I think they got some things to figure out in the meantime, and I'm not sold on them being the team that a lot of folks think and expect that they're going to be in 2022 because the quarterback situation, man, it's yeah. it's not pretty. No, it's, it's not. not. Pretty. No. DJ Uyunglele is not that guy. The offensive line situation isn't pretty either. So they uh, they need to figure it out offensively. I think they'll still continue to be good defensively. They'll still probably continue to run the ACC because guess what? I don't see Florida State making a move back anytime soon. I don't see Virginia Tech making a move anytime soon. But we'll see about Miami. I was about to say. We'll see about Miami. Miami. That could be the fly in the ointment. 
and they could be the new power in the ACC. But then again, Miami has had this Texas-esque preseason juice so many times over the last 20 years, and it's never turned into any semblance of meaningful success. In the yeah, football. Miami's going to need some uh, major donations. They are going to need NIL to flow through Coral Gables, which I, I think that, that it already is. They won't have that issue, but they need better facilities, man, first and foremost. Um, they, they, they've got to have better facilities because their game day experience, Parker, one of the worst in, in all of college football, really? regardless of com- uh, conference. Yeah, it's bad. Miami fans only exist on the internet. They don't exactly exist inside the stadium on college football. Well, because there are so many other things to do in Miami, Oh, yeah, Tyler. right? God, whatever. Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We'll close it up next. Final segment, Elite Roofing Systems, bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. All right, a uh, ton of text on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Let's get to him before we get out of here. At least Parker gets out of here for today. What do y'all think General Booty's ceiling is? He looks really impressive on film. I think he can start for Oklahoma down the line. And that's not necessarily my expectation, but look, here's how I look at this. If Dylan Gabriel moves on to the NFL after one season and is no longer with the program in 2023, you have a pretty open battle as far as who your starting quarterback is going to be. If Nick Evers takes the jump, he's probably the odds-on favorite, but you're going to have Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Big if. Jackson Arnold's going to be a true freshman, and it's not as if we haven't seen a true freshman excel at quarterback at the University of Oklahoma before, but you can only have expectations that are so high for a guy that's in his first year of college football at all. And then you got two guys in Davis Bevel and General Booty that are kind of the unquantified variables in all of this. We haven't seen much of Davis Bevel. We've seen plenty of General Booty, but it's been at the JUCO level. Yep. I will say, on film, I really like what Booty brings to the table. Booty over Bevel, you I, say? I am a fan of Booty. Hmm. Okay. And That's so, good to hear. I, I, I think come 2023 – he is no lower than number two on the depth chart. Yeah, um, Booty versus Bevel. That's that's going to be our offseason. That's going to be our training camp kind of hook, right, is Booty versus Bevel, who's going to be your backup quarterback because it's going to be a battle. It will be a battle. Yeah, and I, that's, I don't, I don't want to completely discount Nick Evers either because – Yeah, but Booty will, versus Bevel just I, I will so say better. this. The one thing that Nick Evers has on general Booty is that – Evers gets the ball out really quick. He has a very quick release. Booty, slow for release. Every, yeah, for everything he does have, that is, that is the one concern that I have is he is slow to get the ball out. Once he makes the decision, he's kind of got a bit of a longer arm motion. So ultimately, I, I'm not sure it matters that much in the grand scheme of things, but if you're looking for the pros and cons, or rather the advantages and disadvantages between a guy like Evers and a guy like Booty, that is one thing that Evers does have the edge in. Chase in Orange County, baby got back formation. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Steve in Broken Arrow says, when's the next episode of the Diamond Envy podcast coming out? Today, G. Juarez is the guest this er, for this episode, so no big deal, but it was pretty awesome. Someone else calculated uh, Britt Vittable's recruiting classes at Clemson. So it goes like this, starting in 2012. 20th, 15th, 16th, 9th, 11, 16, 7, 10, 
three, five. Now that didn't sound like a string of two national championships and four national championship game appearances, but they were able to take those rankings into four uh, four national championship game appearances and two two national. That's that's pretty yeah. That's well, pretty good. here's what my recommendation would be. Now go do Brent Venables' total defense metrics at Clemson uh, yeah, over those same good. years. Pretty good. Didn't take them very long at all to start to rise up the defensive rank. I'm pretty sure in seven of the ten years he was at Clemson, he had a top five defense nationally, yeah. if my memory serves me correctly. Breaking OU quarterback General Booty signs his first NIL deal with 405 Burger Bar, presents the Booty Burger, Big Buns, Real Meats. Thank you. I'm glad you hear that spot. It's my favorite spot that I've ever voiced over. <laughs> yes. Big Buns, it is Real Meats. Pr- like, I loaded that Big buns, real meat. I know it's, it's that is a perfect nil deal for General Booty. Guaranteed, Urban Meyer cheated all the way to the top at every program he was at. Okay, sure, on but. or off the field. <laughs> Probably both. As long as Miguel Chavis is wearing cleats to practice, we are going to kick Booty. And Booty is in all caps. I love that Miguel Chavis wears cleats to practice. It's the most. Uh, I don't even know if that's a football guy thing because I don't even know if football guys actually wear Listen, cleats I, to practice. It's no coaches. secret. I've already anointed Miguel Chavis head coach in waiting. So Brent Venables can have however long he wants 15, 20, 25 years if he wants it. But after that, Miguel Chavis is the guy. Uh, we don't need the belldozer anymore after Schmitty is done. Four, fourth and short yardage, we'll call it the full booty. Let's <laughs> turn him into a dual threat player, man. You know? This, you, you realize, Tyler. This is the new normal. Like we will, oh, yeah, uh, we will yeah, not yeah, be yeah. making booty jokes just well, this week. I'm glad we're going to have somewhat it's, of a sense of humor throughout next football season. You know, I mean, you lose uh, you lose a heartbreaker, and at least everyone will still laugh about booty jokes the next Monday if he gets to play. Right? I like this. So. I like this. All right, that'll do it for Parker. Keep it locked on the ref for the homeless sooner fans. The rush is next.